I would uh, like to thank all the other community voices and Father Robert who chose every other Sunday for these passages and left me with these. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> these texts are challenging. Jeremiah, Lord, you tricked me. You've overpowered me. Everybody else says peace. What's the word you give me? Violence. Thank you very much. Psalm 69. Oh, let's go there. Let's try that. Save me. The waters are up to my neck. I'm exhausted waiting for God. I have more people that hate me than like me. Well, this is just going to go well. <laughs> How about Romans? Are you kidding me? You've got to unpack four chapters to get to those four verses. No one wants to hear Deacon Dan say, let's turn to Romans 1. <laughs> and then there's the gospel. I, I was a little excited about that, Matthew 10. Did I get, go and proclaim, heal the sick, cast out demons? No, I got, they're going to hand you over to the synagogue and you're going to get flogged. Great. This should be about Stephen ministry <laughs> and all that we offer there. So turn with me in your Bibles to Romans chapter 1. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Do let me say a quick word about Stephen ministry because we do find ourselves in places like the psalmist that says, I've got more enemies than I can count right now. And Stephen ministry is designed to come alongside and be with people in times of stress and distress. It doesn't have to be a loss, but it can be a, a short time where you're going, I just don't know what to do. And Stephen ministry is one of those places where someone can come alongside in confidence and just hear what's going on, hold you in prayer. And we just want to commend that ministry again to you. And if you, if you think you have need of that, please talk to Father Mark, myself, Deacon Susan. There's a, a page on our website that explains it more. And in our bulletin, you can find more information. And we, want to, we just want to offer that to you. But the place where I just really felt the Lord have me focus this morning is indeed on the gospel. And there are three phrases I want you to dwell on in our time together. And it's important that we see these in order because we're going to talk about being vulnerable, being vulnerable in sharing the gospel. Even when it's a risk, the Lord calls us to bring the good news of his kingdom to this world. So the three, three phrases. The first one is just simply this, be, be. The second phrase is this, go and be. Go and be. Not go and do. We're good at that. Go and be. Third phrase is this, come and see. Come and see. Be, go and be, come and see. And the reason I want us to consider these in order 
is when it comes to the proclamation of the gospel or the sharing of the gospel, sometimes we get a bit nervous. What if they don't like me? What if I get something wrong? You know, you mess up the plan of salvation and you send somebody to hell, that's a bad rap. You know, I just don't know. You know, all kinds of what ifs that come into our our view <laughs> that we hadn't thought of ever before in our entire life when it comes to sharing the gospel or being a part of what the kingdom is in someone else's life. So we reduce things to come and see. We just kind of skip the B and go and B and we just go to come and see. We invite people to church or we offer them to listen to a podcast. Maybe we pass along a book. Come and see. Doors to church always open. Just come and see. We keep a safe distance. And friends, I just want to say, in a culture and in a world that is so bent on dividing us and keeping us divided, this is not the position of the kingdom of God. The position of the kingdom of God is go and be. Go and be. We don't go and be. So we lob an invitation to come to church and they reject us, and we just think they're not receptive. We hope a satellite TV show beamed into someone's country brings them salvation. But for us to go, <laughs> why? They're not receptive. Oh, those people aren't receptive to the gospel. But what is more effective? What would be more effective is if you would go and sit and listen and hear and see what the Spirit would do in a situation to be with someone and see what can happen. We don't go and preach down to people we go, we sit, we learn. But here's the thing. What happens when we sit with someone? We become vulnerable. We open ourselves to rejection. We open ourselves to the possibility that they don't want to hear the gospel. And that's a place where we're risking, and risk is hard. To be honest, I would rather lob gospel grenades all day long. To be ready to be vulnerable, we need to be. Be with Christ. Be with him. Walk with him. Then go and be. Then give the invitation of come and see. This is the pattern Jesus took. This is the pattern of the early church. When the disciples would get up in the morning and they couldn't find Jesus and they finally did find him, what was he doing? He was praying. He was with the Father. When was the early church born? When they prayed. When they prayed. Then I want to point out, it's not go and do. 
We get confused on that going part, which is part of why we lob gospel grenades. We think of witnessing as something to do. But Jesus said, when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, you will be my witnesses. You will be my witnesses. Mark Wilson, a couple of weeks ago, shared from Matthew 9, and Jesus going to Matthew's house to be with him and a bunch of other scum. Now, you have to read the New Living Translation to get that one, and I wish I'd have done that that Sunday that I read it because taxpayers and sinners you got to work with. But he's with scum, and he's at table with scum. In almost every Bible I've used, when I come to a passage like that, I write in the margin, where can Jesus find me? Where can Jesus find me? Go and be. But Jesus points out in the passage this morning, it isn't ever a guaranteed outcome. We want people coming to Jesus. We want people liking us. We want guarantees that everyone will be saved and it will all turn out good. And it doesn't always get to happen that way. We can be in a place where it doesn't go well. I have friends who serve in incredibly hard places. They bear witness to living in those hard places, sharing their lives with others. And then at times I've had friends that have had less than 48 hours to clear out of a country because they're about to be arrested. They don't even get to say goodbye to the people they love. This week, heard from a friend in a sensitive country, a man that he's been witnessing to, and this man has made the determination he wants to follow Jesus. And his wife, this man, the friend's wife, is found out and upset, and now her family's upset, and this puts this man's life in danger. This week, I read in Christianity Today, over 300 Nigerian Christian children killed in the last two months for being Christian. For being Christian. When we are with people, we are vulnerable and we risk. And Jesus said, go and be. Whose table are you at? When we get rejection, the answer is not to retreat. The call from Jesus in this passage is to endure. Jesus let them know the disciple isn't above the teacher. It still applies today. We are not called to be liked. We are called to endure. Be, walk with him. Go and be. Risk, live out the kingdom, hear people. Then as people learn, the invitation may come and you can say, come and see. And here, right here, where we're vulnerable and where we risk is what Martin Luther, the reformer, would call the freedom of the Christian. The freedom of the Christian is this, that we are, the heart that has truly been set free loves unconditionally. And what does that look like? And I had a theology professor that, that put it into terms as she was unpacking Martin Luther's essay. 
And that is that the heart is, set, is, is the key to that. That we, you find those two areas of love. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. This is the beauty of what we do every week in the liturgy. We are reminded of those commands. And to love is the key. The freedom, uh, uh, what Martin Luther was talking about, is this. We are free to love God without fear of manipulation and fear of rejection. And we are free to love others without fear of manipulation, coercion, or rejection. We speak the truth in love. We don't worry about the outcome. That's up to the Spirit. We don't worship God, manipulating, saying, here I am to worship you. Now I've got this list of needs for you, and I really need you to come through for me. The heart that has been set free by the gospel of Jesus Christ loves. We worship God out of love. We love people, not because they agree with us, or they'll like us, or they'll for sure come to Jesus, we love others because Christ first loved us. And we look to bless. And we look to bring kingdom goodness into their lives, regardless of the response. It is learning to speak the truth in love. That is the heart that has been set free. And that freedom comes from being with him. Too often we fear responses from people. We think we're being vulnerable when we invite them to church. But if we risk knowing someone, it's being vulnerable. What might happen? So we may tend to back off and just go right to, you want to come to church? It's good that this passage is in ordinary time. We're called to live out the beauty and power of the kingdom in our daily lives. Our daily ordinary living can show the beauty of a magnificent Savior. Over the years, I have had this amazing opportunity to sit in some of the most uncomfortable, awkward places among people of other religious views, and I don't mean Baptists or something like that, and other lifestyles, and I'm not talking about somebody else's political party, but people who are hostile to what they thought the church was. And I have had my life just wonderfully, beautifully transformed being in those places. To have someone over time look at me and say, you know, when I first got to know you, I hated the church and I hated Christians. But you changed my mind. I have to admit, even more fun, I have a sixth sense of humor, okay? Even more fun is when people do find out I'm a Christian and there's this look that comes over their face like, but I like you. That's so fun. It's terrible of me, I know, but it's, it's just so fun because there's something where deep calls out to deep and what they're longing for 
is some Jesus just so freely moving through me to them that something can happen. I've, I've learned to sit in those places with care and the Lord has taught me to sit in those places with a listening ear and love and finding true freedom. I've learned something powerful in those years. The more I'm around people not like me, I love Jesus more and I love people more. We don't get guarantees. There are places that are hard. It could be a neighbor right across the street. And if you heard Mark Wilson's sermon a couple weeks ago, I'm avoiding his neighborhood altogether. You have to listen to it. It's pretty funny. There are places that will challenge us. But be reminded of the great commandments we hear every Sunday. Love God. Love others. Be. Go and be. And when Christ is radiating from you and they say, what's this all about? Then come and see. Amen.